Welcome to Probably Science. I'm your host, one of three, in fact. I'm Jesse Case. Number two, Andy Wood here. And I'm Matt Kirshen. And for the second week in a row, I have stolen a comic from the week we just did in Vegas. We, we had Jenny last week, and this week, very funny, uh, excellent comic. And also, you might have seen his face on a whole heap of things. It's Dustin Ibarra. Hey, Dustin, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks, oh, thanks for thanks. joining. Thanks yeah, for uh, well, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but Matt, are you just like doing a residency now? What's going on here? No, it's just you. I was there for a are week. Doing, I mean, it was. Are you doing no, like it was a last week. It was a, it, thing or like a, you're doing like a year in Vegas? It's a full week since I was there now, but uh, we we were there. We did, we were at the Rio, um, playing to very nice audiences, if a bit depleted because everyone was scared off by the Formula One, or yeah. at least the locals were. Um, oh, okay, I got you. I thought you meant you were still there. And this no, is no, the no. second guest you've gotten, like, for this week. Like, you're doing, like, a Shania Twain-type thing. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, am, I mean, I am doing a Shania Twain-type thing, as I always am. There's always Yo, a Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. Ah, yeah. That impresses me much. Yes, me too. <laughs> that, impress, that impresses me mucho. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I say, so I say let's cursing. go girls to that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, no, we, we, we were there last week. Um, it was, it was fun shows as it always is it was a nice group of people and and i got to walk down and see some cars going past quickly oh so without paying yeah i i i'm actually pretty happy because i nearly paid for tickets for the thursday um because they were coming they came right down on StubHub. but there were two sessions on thursday that was the practice day and where they get like their first run on the track with their cars and th- there were two sessions and session one lasted for eight minutes before a manhole cover that I guess had not been sufficiently welded down came fully off up and off the loose and out, and then two other cars hit it. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, you know what's nope. crazy? They they penalized the drivers too for that. Yeah, that's what. That was one nuts, of, one of, right? One of the drivers who hit it and got his chassis damaged um, got like a ten spot penalty on the grid because. I can't remember what part of his car, whether it was like the chassis or the engine, whatever it was, he had to change it because it got damaged and you're only allowed two of those changes a season and he was already on two. So they're like, yeah, sorry, buddy, you got you got 10 spaces penalized on this one. And he's like, but this was, I'm penalized because you dickheads didn't bother to check how much you should weld down a manhole cover before That's, a Formula One. It's one of the two jobs where you can say you damaged your chassis on a manhole. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh... One of the um, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was the the car hit it at two hundred and fifty miles an hour, or whatever that shunted it loose. But actually, <laughs> apparently, it's the suction. It's like um, that's what kind of because Formula One cars are effectively like upside down plane wings. Right, they're designed mm. to have to stay down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have ridiculous downforce, and they generate it from the from the top and the bottom of the car. So the bottom of the car is also like an upside down wing. And that's generating huge downforce, but you know, as Isaac Newton taught us, if uh, the if the car is being sucked down onto the road, then the road is being sucked up towards the car. Yeah, if with... you're gonna suck, if you're gonna suck on a manhole, it's yeah. every every action mm-hmm. has an opposite. <laughs> Everybody knows. Um, so huh. yeah, it, it so that that's but yeah. So anyway, look that all. I, 
they cancelled the they cancelled the early session, which I couldn't have gone to anyway because we were on stage. And the evening, the late session got pushed back so much that they kicked all the audience out because apparently it went over union hours and they, they, could, they couldn't yeah. have workers there. So they, so I would have paid for absolutely fuck all except for a, a, apparently a sort of compensation $200 worth of um, merch vouchers. Uh, well, so you already my have Friday, so much I was like, well, fuck that. Merch, I'm not going to yeah. buy a ticket. They were more expensive for the Friday qualifying times. So I just walked down to see what I could see. And I could see shitloads. You could, I walked up to the to the, the strip by the um, by Caesars. I saw cars zipping by. They had like a semi-transparent fence that you could still see through. You could see cars going past at full speed. And then you could go over the bridges at where you could see the track. And yeah, they had security guards and cops there saying... Keep it moving. No one stands. No one's allowed to stand still on the bridge. But they couldn't stop me from walking incredibly slowly. Mm-hmm. So yes. I just sort of <laughs> did my best, like slow motion walk across the bridge. It was great. Cross the bridge like fifty times. Just look yeah, around. Exactly. Oh, I yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just did, I did did a whole little loop. Exactly. I, you know, you just did yeah. Well, you know what's weird about that? Because I used to be like big in a NASCAR, and NASCAR you could like see the whole track. You know what I'm saying? But Formula right, One, it's like you're paying for like a little section where you zzz, they all fly by really quick. You're like, okay, yeah, everyone's I, I just was, watching on the TV anyway. You know? I was wondering about that because I think there are some track circuits. I don't know enough about Formula One, but I think there are some there are some track circuits that still have more twist than NASCAR does. But you can I think oh, yeah. you can see a lot of the track from in those ones because they're it's a purpose built. Uh, raceway but yeah. um yeah the ones that are the city circuits you, you it's just going through the city it's just going down the vegas strip and then uh up a side street and then round the back now is, the, is the city circuit thing new i mean is that like video game inspired or has it always been like no, that there's always been some <clears throat> so i th- i think Again, like Formula One fan listeners, who, I I hope I'm not screwing this up, but I think Monaco was the first one, and that's been going for years. So that's um, not a track; that's proper. Just they they that's they go through the streets of Monaco. The, oh, and got then, it, got it. Mm-hmm. And then I know the Singapore one is on the streets as well, is in the city. So I think there's always been some city ones and some track ones. Um, uh, now, Dustin, do they ever do that with NASCAR? Are they ever like, go out into Bristol, past that Taco Bell? Like, let's do this. <laughs> you know, dude, like, that, that would actually be pretty cool. But no, most NASCAR is just on, uh, yeah, they got the tracks are just for racing. But sometimes it's a road track. Like, I went to Watkins Glen in upstate New York, and that's a pretty fun one because it's not just the oval. Like, it's a meandering few miles through some. Yeah. Um, the- those are always fun. Those are like the fun ones. I think they NASCAR only has like two road courses, Watkins Glen and uh, Sonoma, I believe. Mm. Um, but, I, when I was a kid, I uh, my dad and I there was some. It was like remember when McDonald's was doing the Monopoly thing, and then uh, every other fast food place is like, we need something you can peel off a cup. Yeah, <laughs> we, we need a com- a competing peeling cup fucking thing you know and i uh we won tickets to the kfc 300 and it was like it was like (laughs) it was like kind of nascar but but like whatever level down like yeah uh like triple a baseball it wasn't like total amateur just a mess it was like you know one tier below it so like they had some fans they knew what they were doing kind of um but it was like uh, they'd never driven on that track before because it was on a NASCAR track. Like we went to Bristol, 
and it was uh, there were so many wrecks, like brutal. I'm just with I was like traumatizing. <laughs> I was like seven, just like, oh, yeah. like you know, like twenty people are dying. Like it was horrible. Yeah, Bristol's a short track, so there's like a ton of wreck. And by the way, KFC 300, that's like the most redneck thing I've heard in a yeah. very long time. Yeah, well, because you're going to have KFC with you anyway. Like, Yeah, like, exactly. Because my dad was like, well, you got to get a bucket of chicken and go to this. And I was like, yeah. do we? I didn't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Even the drivers on the pit stop, they get a leg and a thigh. And, you know? yeah, we, we didn't win the KFC 300 tickets at a KFC. We were like at a Hardee's. And that's where we won tickets to the KFC to a competing that's, fast food place. That's not even like one of those multiple. Yeah, it's not even one of those combination, you're not going to see like a Hardee's Taco Bell KFC Pizza Hut combo. Well, it's always what? Is Krispy Kreme what are the mashups? I think the uh, KFC, are, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. I think those well, are There's you, a Krispy Kreme mashup yum. too, right? There's Krispy Kreme and something you used to see combined. Let me see. Yum Brands, I think, is who owns the, um, who does Yum own? They own KFC, Pizza Taco Bell, and the Habit Burger Grill. I didn't know that. Was KFC ever... Uh, I assume the decline of Pizza Hut was after its acquisition by the Yum CEO. Is that what happened? Wait, who's deciding it's declining? Maybe not financially, but we all... I mean, it's like a hack premise at this point, how nice KFC used... Or how nice... Uh, sorry, Pizza Hut used to be. I mean, pizza the pizza. Hut. The pizza was always garbage, but but you you would just go there because life was shittier in the eighties. Like, <laughs> yeah, but they had like I know it is also a premise of just buildings that clearly used to be pizza huts, right? right but they had like <laughs> Tiffany style, like Tiffany style lamps and shit. It was like nicer. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. It was up. The, it was like a Red Lobster kind of. Yeah, you know, it was. Pizza, the, yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, it was like no. you would go into it if you got a personal pan pizza. First of all, they would serve it to you in the cast iron. Yeah, thing. yeah. You know what I mean? And, and they probably still do. No, dude, it's no? They, they bring it out in the cardboard. It's just a cardboard. Yeah, cardboard. You can oh, pay. Okay. There's like a pizza hut in a gas station now. Yeah, yeah. it's not that it's a great. Nightmare. But like, I, are there other places that were like? I remember seeing people smoke in McDonald's. I remember that. I remember the McDonald's brand ashtrays. Well, I remember. Um, I remember that. Yeah, I remember like yeah. in the '80s when you could smoke everywhere and. Some th- some places were divided into smoking and non-smoking sections, but with absolutely no physical barrier between them. No, why would there be? Yeah. No, it's uh, no, it's a better time. It's a better yeah, time. Yeah, the, the employees are smoking behind the cash register. Yeah, <laughs> a- um, ashes falling on your burger. Just for the record, by the way, the Monaco Grand Prix has been running since 1929. Wow! And mm. it's widely considered to be one of the most important and prestigious races in the world. It's along with the Indy 500 and the 24 Hours of Le Mans, is the triple crown of motorsport. Damn. Those are those so, first cars, too. The cars with, like, the wings on them and stuff. They're, yeah. like, steam-powered. Oh, are, the other are, thing they... The other thing... Yeah, it really was. Like, when, God, when 1929, what is it? When you say it's the triple crown, it, but it's not possible to do all three of those. Those are different types of... Right, I think I think it is. I think there are people who have done all three. Um, the Indy Five. I thought I thought the Indy Five Hundred was NASCAR, or is uh, it Formula One? It's Indy neither. is Formula, or it's but it's not like NASCAR type cars, right? It's neither. I think it's, yeah, the Indy Five Hundred is wheels um, out cars. It's, it's open the wheels. wheels out. The wheels Audi cars. Yeah, yeah, it's an Audi. Um, it's IndyCar series, which is similar to Formula One, but the cars are different. Um, yeah, Formula One is like the uh, top tier. Like NASCAR is kind of like community college, and Formula One's like uh, <laughs> Harvard, Yale. You know? Sure. 
Okay. Oh, speak, um, speaking of major and minor leagues of sports, did you guys see Dave Hill is well on his way to his goal of playing the national anthem on an electric guitar while skating at an NHL game because he did it at a minor terrific. league, a minor hockey game. This is uh, great news. Oh. Did, did he, he said that on the air, not just off the air, right? That he's trying to do that? I think I it was off the air, but oh, it, was good. Oh, okay. it was good to give everyone an update. And he's, so he's working his way up fair, to, yeah. if you guys own an NHL team, have Dave Hill come play electric guitar. Yeah, all of our listeners that own an NHL team, yes. yeah, uh, that's right probably And also, you know, maybe, maybe sponsor us um, as well. But um, yeah? Graham <laughs> Hill, I believe, it looks like, according to Wikipedia, is the only pl- person who has won all of those things uh okay he won the indy 500 in 1966 uh 24 hours of le mans in 1972 and he won the monaco grand prix five times in the 60s i don't like how Mm. related like anytime there's like a triple crown or something like that it's uh how do i word this i i it's like yeah that's a great achievement but it's still all the same sport or whatever. It's like when you win, like, uh, what's that thing where you win a Tony Oscar? EGOT. In EGOT, there should also be, like, a Super Bowl thrown in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it's still the arts. It's like, like, just make it insane. Like, something out of left field. Like, if you, you have to win this Triple Crown thing, but then also the Kentucky Derby. So you have to, like, learn. If you really want to go for it, you also have to learn how to be a jockey. Or a horse. Or yeah. a horse. Like, you could, like yeah. the kind of modern pentathlon yeah. version of the arts. A horse. You got to be a really good actor to play a horse. If yeah. you played a horse, then you'd probably win the the Oscar <laughs> from that. And the Emmys easy. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I won the triple crown of uh, I won the triple crown of the KFC Taco Bell Pizza Hut one time. <laughs> I had three in one day <laughs> in two hours. Okay. Now was my trophy. Was that uh, the, like at the same stop? Like... Uh, yes. Okay. Yep. All yep. Right. You know how sometimes you want, the, like, yeah, I want I want some pizza, but I want some KFC. I want Taco Bell. Yeah. And I also want diarrhea. So how do I get all three of those? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to stop into this loves. <laughs> there, there is. By, <laughs> um, by the way, there there is there is a similar one, that, which gets us a little bit closer to, like, back to our theme of the show. But um, there is... As you know, all actors have their Kevin Bacon number, their, six, their number of degrees to Kevin Bacon. Sure. Uh, mathematicians have the Erdős number, the number of connections to Paul Erdős, who's a who's a Hungarian mathematician who collaborated with loads of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can have the Erdős Bacon number, which is the combination of both of those. So, for example, Dana, Danica McKella uh, is a six because. She, well, don't bring her body uh, into this. I, you know. Yep. Because <laughs> her Erdős number is four and her bacon number is two. God. And then there's also Erdi- the Erdős... <laughs> I was going to say, Erdős bacon sounds good. It is. Well, there's also Erdős <laughs> bacon Sabbath number, which is um, also the number of connections you've got to singing with Black Sabbath. Why Sabbath? I believe they've just had a very large number of people who have been related to the band. Huh. Mm. Can you guys? Uh, I was trying to for a while. I was trying to come up with people that uh, it's a prize. I uh, it's a made up prize called the Spats, and it's people that okay. So uh, it's for like actors, right? If you're in a movie, um, a Spats means that you have you have commanded a. Um, it means you've driven or operated a ship, uh, a plane, uh, an automobile, a train. 
and a spaceship, right? That's the spat. So, like, ship, like a boat, yep. plane, automobile, train, spaceship. So, so Tom Hanks is in there. Mm. Um, he's done all five. But it's oh, a yeah. very rare air to breathe if you get a spats. Hang on, what are the, what are the five again? Ship, ship or a boat, plane... Yeah, so that's what automobile. That's pretty easy. I would have thought automobiles easy, right? Mm -hmm. Train, Um, train. That's a trickier one. Now, I assume you don't have to do like uh, Polar Express style conduct the train. You could um, be on a train, just be on a train or fighting, fighting on top of a train, whatever you know. And then Um, spaceship, spaceship. That's that's the one. I think you start from spaceship because it narrows narrows them all down. But it's like. It's more people than you'd think. That's my point. It's like, uh, like Bruce Willis and uh, uh, like Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. um, oh, probably what Will the, Smith. What was he in space? Denzel's been in space, right? Ooh, I don't know if Denzel's been in space. Has he been in space? I don't. Know. Was he um, in? Yeah. Are you go- are you way, Googling his yeah. Denzel been in space? Oh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, past guest of the show, Richard Ranch, has an Erdish Bacon Sabbath number of nine, which Damn. I think is pretty low. Matt, you've got a bacon number <laughs> all, of two. All I'm, getting, all I'm getting is an article that says Denzel Washington said space helped my marriage. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Brutal. Damn. That's the elite. You got to go to space. <laughs> yeah, that's what he meant. Help it's out <laughs> Space helped my marriage. Hmm. Matt, did you know you have a Kevin Bacon number of two? I think I did. Yeah, is that is that thanks to Henry Phillips's movie? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah. now that I've been on this podcast, I, do I have a, a three, at least? Sure, sure. Yeah, I think okay. you get a three. Uh, yeah, yeah. It gave you that Mike Judge through um, punching Henry, and then Mike Judge was in R.I.P.D. with Kevin Bacon. Oh, there we go. Um, Dustin, something we like to ask everyone on the podcast um, is, uh, what's your background in science? Now, that sounds intimidating. Wow. It could be, no, it could be like your favorite science class when you were a little kid. It could be like, did you build any model rockets? Were you into Lego? Uh, Or blowing stuff up in the woods with your friends? Yeah, did you blow stuff up? Did you construct construct a masturbation shack in the woods? Uh, I think I got another triple crown just now. Now, my history and science. You know, when I was a kid, like, my mom was, uh, you know, my dad wasn't around. My mom wasn't. She was off working and doing stuff. So it's like after school, we kind of had the shed to mess around with. And I remember lighting things on fire a lot. Yeah. Like like, uh, with paint, you know, chemicals. I remember burning a lot of chemicals. Uh, doing that thing wherever you hold a lighter to a spray can and it like makes sure. a little flamethrower. Did, I did. A, I burned a lot of stuff when I was a kid. Okay. Yep. And then in school wise, I remember uh, one thing that stuck out to me was we had to like we had an egg that we had to like drop off of the bleachers. Oh yeah. And you had to like pat it so it wouldn't break. Yep. And that, yeah, but that's like, um, you know, that's my science background, <laughs> right? They're lighting stuff on fire and throwing eggs off bleachers. It's pretty what, close to mine, I think, yeah. What's yeah. the egg off the bleacher thing? You got to like, uh, you got to figure out a way to cushion the egg so it doesn't break, but you can't, you can't use like a parachute or anything like that either. It's got to just like, you got to like put cotton in there and like uh, just... Yeah, the idea, yeah, you, you dro- they're going to drop an egg off of this 
off of the height and yeah. and you have to treat it in some way so that it doesn't break uh, like uh, treat the ground in some way or treat the egg itself treat the egg the egg okay. yeah okay yeah, you, you had have, to like you uh, have to cushion the egg in yeah my egg broke i remember my egg broke <laughs> i think i i had like a, i just put it in like a a box with towels or something sure that's why i yeah. still keep eggs there that's still how i do it um yeah <laughs> I, i'm still distracted trying to work out if christopher lloyd is a spats and i'm pretty sure he is what's the spaceship well i was just looking at his like he was in my favorite martian but i'm not sure if he was in a spaceship that in that and he was in the mandalorian uh, okay, that ca- if he's in Mandalorian, I, it counts. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't know whether he actually yeah. traveled in a spaceship in the Mandalorian because not everyone does. But I th- will count I, I'm, it. Uh, surely Sandra Bullock, right? Because um, of gravity, she was in a spaceship. Yep. So speed, you know, is automobile. Speed two is a cruise ship. Was um, she in Speed two though? Yeah, that was right? her again. Was Jason it? Patrick and her cruise control? Yeah, I think cruise it just control. Yeah, have... speed two, cruise control. Yeah, because <laughs> they're on a cruise, you see. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, a train. Now I'm not going to Google Sandra Bullock train. Um, <laughs> not going to Google it. But I, I would like to think in one of her films, she's right. She's been on wait, a train. She was in, wait, was she in Bullet Train? I don't think so. The the uh, the action thriller starring Brad Pitt bullet train you know uh, she was I, dude, in it. I don't know yeah she was in it right but was she yeah I think she was was she on the train she had a cameo train? I don't know if she was on the train though I don't think she was on the train okay. what what are the le- it's spats you said a spats yeah what what are the, what what five letters exactly is it uh I was half listening half googling uh bacon connections for all of us got it it's um okay <laughs> it's a uh, a spaceship Right, a plane, yeah. an automobile, a train, and a ship. You know, oh, like okay. a boat. That's a spats. Excellent. And you know, it. It's like at first you're like nobody, nobody. But then you start thinking of people, and it's kind of like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess quite a few people have one. You know, really. Right. Um. But it's tricky because it's a certain type, right? So like. Uh, I would assume George Clooney also because of gravity. Well, no, he's been in space a lot. He was with Solaris um, oh, yeah. and all that yeah, shit. He's always in space. Yeah, that dude's all yeah, classic Clooney. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Tom Hanks is the first one that like Tom Hanks will get. He gets a spats like every year. Right. He just cycles through. Yeah. Yeah. That dude. determines which roles he takes, which num- which letter he's on. Yeah. yeah. Is there a train in it? I, I okay. <laughs> okay. Hang on. Hang on. While while you were sleeping, starring Sandra Bullock. Train. Where she That's right. Tra- yep. She she works at the train station, and she saves. Um, Bill Pullman. No, Bill Pullman actually... saves her. Wait, no. No, she yeah. saved uh, the other guy. Bill Pullman the... was the brother. Oh, yeah, she saves right. Peter Gallagher from being hit by a train. Denzel is so close. <laughs> He was in the siege. We got to get this guy into space. <laughs> He's so would, close. He has. Who a, wouldn't want astronaut Denzel Washington? I, I think he everyone. Has, he has a spat, but he's one away. He's going to have a spate soon playing Hannibal and riding an elephant. Is that going to be? <laughs> oh, good call. Yeah, a spate yeah. is very rare air to breathe. Yeah. Very rare. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Brutal. But yeah, you know, like Tom Cruise has like 50 spats, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's tough stuff. I don't know. Well, you know, yep. you know who has part of a spat? Who's that, that buddy? Uh, uh, the smallest thing to have part of a spat. Uh, the first mammal embryo that's been grown in space. Oh, I thought I, there was another space story that uh, someone else sent in, Justin Broad sent in this oh, one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> which one? Well, now that I'm looking at both these headlines, I'm like, uh, which is more on brand for us? I guess mm. it's sort of a chicken and egg thing because one of them begets the other. One begets the other. I think we can knock both these out. Um, let's what talk do we start with? Let's talk about this embryo. I okay. mean, there's a bunch of penis stories that have been sent in. Rachel Carter <laughs> yeah. has sent in a story about bat penises as well. I don't, I, I don't want to make this all dick episode, sure. but yeah. mm-hmm. it's a good story. So, ah, yeah, really well, it's, it's all right. It's all right. But these, uh, these mouses. Also, I Dina Winston sent a long email clarifying the micro penis conversation for the other day, which is this. It's the email is far too long to read out, but thank you for all of that clarification what is and the, the clarif- photograph of your thumb to scale. Jesus. Um, yeah, that was uh, somehow gotta, graphic and not graphic at the same time. I got yeah, <laughs> to comb through these emails. Um, so these, uh, the, what, what's going on? They got yeah, zygotes got up there now? The, the first mammal embryos have been grown in space. For humanity to expand into space, we need to know how reproduction and gestation will happen in microgravity. For reproduction to birth... We do not know what is safe for parents and offsprings in such conditions, but new research is slowly challenging our ignorance on the subject. A recent experiment on the ISS shows for the first time that mammal embryos can grow in microgravity without harmful effects. The embryos in question were mice and were sent to the ISS in August 2021 as frozen fertilized cells. While on the ISS, they were thawed and kept in a special setup at body temperature. Over the course of four days, the zygotes were allowed to grow and develop, becoming blastocysts, the assembly of cells that would normally develop into a fetus and placenta. There was a control sample on board the space station, which was placed in a centrifuge to simulate an Earth-like artificial gravity, as well as a control sample on Earth. The developmental stages were the same for all three setups, but the survival rates were significantly lower in space compared to Earth. Well, that's not great. Uh, Mm. In the past, researchers had demonstrated also in mice that going to space did not affect the fertility of male mice or the health of the offspring they conceived when back on Earth. This new work is the first to show that mammal embryos can develop healthily in microgravity. Uh, the although, embryos, although at a lower survival rate. I mean, yeah, that's not nothing. The embryos cultured under microgravity conditions developed into blastocysts with normal cell numbers, inner cell mass, trophectoderm, and gene expression profiles similar to those cultured under artificial 1G control on the ISS and ground 1G control, which clearly demonstrated that gravity had no significant effect on the blastocyst formation and initial differentiation in mammalian embryos, the researchers wrote in the paper. The findings are intriguing, but moving from the blastocyst stage to a viable pregnancy, there's a lot that needs to happen in a relatively long time for things to go wrong. The blastocyst stage is before implantation. In human terms, that would be up to three weeks after fertilization. One space shuttle-based experiment kept pregnant mice for several days in microgravity, and that led some of the offspring to have several health complications. Oh, no. Hmm. But it did show that it was not impossible to have healthy mice pups that have developed partially in space. So, so right now, if you're trying to have yes. children, you probably should stay off. You shouldn't go into space for this. Yeah, don't do it. You sure. know what I mean? Like, just just try to... We don't know enough yet. Carry it out on Earth, you know? Yeah. Um, and then it, it closes yeah. with, astronauts exercise a lot to stave off the effects that not having gravity does to their own bones and muscles, but even the most active pregnant astronaut cannot pass those benefits to a fetus. 
So there's a lot more work needed to understand what fetal development in space might be like. The team is interested in performing further studies in the field, looking at implanting those blastocysts developed in space here on Earth. Ah, hmm. a space birth would be so nasty. <laughs> or easy, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. No, just all that. Yeah. Oh, you just mean all the, oh, uh, just, the the refuse? Yeah, yeah just things. Yeah. There. I saw that episode of The Simpsons where Homer opened the bag of chips. It'd be like that, <laughs> but with baby stuff. <laughs> baby, baby stuff. Like fluid. Yeah. Well, there's Ugh. there's a chance, though, that um, if if there was a pregnancy in space, you'd have to bang on Earth first. Oh, um, why is that, Jesse? Mm. Well, because deep space astronauts may be prone to erectile dysfunction, Andy. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Turns out. Not Galact- today. Not today of all days, this news. I had big plans. Uh, galactic, uh, galactic cosmic rays can impair function of erectile tissues. And this is um, research in rats. So they're just putting, they're putting the rodents, they're really putting them through it with all this. Yeah. Um, as if homesickness, wasting muscles, thinner bones, and elevated cancer risk, the inescapable company of overachievers, and the prospect of death in the endless vacuum of space were not enough to contend with, male astronauts may return from deep space prone to not being able to get a fucking hard on, scientists say. Mm. And, and what is wow, claimed. This Guardian article is a little bit more graphic than I remember it being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Um. In what is claimed to be the first study to assess the impact of galactic radiation and weightlessness on male sexual health, NASA-funded researchers found that galactic cosmic rays, and to a lesser extent microgravity, can impair the function of erectile tissues, with effects lasting potentially for decades. Yeah, so it's not just when you're in space, it's when you come back. So, um, heads up, if you drank too much, tell her you're an astronaut. Yeah, it's a cosmic rays. Babe. It's God. cosmic rays. It had, don't worry about it. I went to space, and it's just a thing. And um, isn't it crazy how like you can't get a boner in space, but like all the gas station boner pills have a rocket ship on them. <laughs> that is crazy. It's kind of weird, you know. Like, oh. Yeah, well, they either have that or or like something that kills you immediately, like a scorpion. <laughs> like it, like it's a uh, gas station dick pills are like uh, there's a lot of violence. There is. You know? It's like a Street Fighter character on there, like Blanca. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or like kid. I don't know what they think I need this boner for, but it's just like a it's like a picture of a gun shooting a like shooting <laughs> yeah. an eagle out of it. It's like I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Getting ready to take on the Yakuza? You're gonna need some <laughs> gas station boner pills. Yeah. That, that are also like like uh, it took me forever to realize that the gas station boner pills are are you open the capsules. I just thought they were like horse tranquilizer sized. You know how they're they're always like they're massive pills. They are. They yeah, they're all in like this like little <laughs> little medieval Game of Thrones locket. You yeah. Gotta open. Yeah, dude. Um Yeah, so if you're an astronaut and you're popping into the old uh Buckies, you know, maybe maybe pick one of those up. Cause um these uh this team has raised their concerns in a report on Wednesday. Um they said they had identified a new health risk to consider with deep space exploration. They called for the sexual health of astronauts to be closely monitored on their return from future deep space missions, noting that certain antioxidants may help to counteract the ill effects by blocking harmful biological processes, uh, while the negative impacts of galactic cosmic radiation were long-lasting, functional improvements induced by acutely targeting the redox and nitric oxide pathways in the tissues suggest that the erectile dysfunction may be treatable. 
said Dr. Justin LaFavre, an expert on space dick. Um, no, I think I've seen that movie. Yeah, <laughs> Justin LaFaver. Um, no, he's an expert in neurovascular dysfunction at Florida State University and a senior author on the study. Uh, so the warning comes amid a renewed focus on deep space missions, with NASA and other major space agencies preparing for long-term expeditions to the moon and more ambitious voyages to Mars. NASA's Artemis program aspires to send astronauts to the moon as early as next year, with crewed missions to Mars tentatively lined up for as early as 2040. Um, mm. Yeah. So, uh, while it says, while erectile dysfunction affects more than half of men over the age of 40 and represents an important factor for life satisfaction, the consequences of space travel on erectile function are still obscure, this team writes. Um, Earth is highly protected from cosmic radiation by the planet's magnetic field and substantial atmosphere, but on the Moon and Mars, and in the space in between, there's no effective barrier. On board the ISS, crews are protected by shielding in Earth's magnetic field, but still receive in one week as much radiation as someone on the ground would experience in a year. Without a ready supply of humans to hand, the researchers turn to rats to explore the impact of space flight on male physiology. In a series of experiments, dozens of rats were suspended in harnesses at a 30-degree angle and exposed to simulated galactic cosmic rays at NASA's Space Radiation Laboratory in New York. We're then shown photos of hot rats to see if <laughs> any... No, in uh, their area. <laughs> yep. Sexy rats. For that hot local rats in their area. Analysis of the rat tissues one year later revealed that even low exposure to these rays increased oxidative stress in the animals, this impaired the function of the artery that supplies blood to their cocks and to the erectile tissue. Weightlessness had an impact too, but not as marked. So, there you go. It's well, not I mean, all... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. The, uh, is that level of exposure also just doing so much cellular damage that like the erectile uh, impact is probably not the thing we should be focusing on? Or not like... did They didn't deal right. with that at all, right? Like, that these cosmic rays are also like just bad for you on a, uh, a DNA level, aren't they? Sure. I think, I think there's, they're trying to figure out, um, right. I mean, aren't, they're trying to figure out like how we colonize, like, can we, can people bone in space and right. And obviously uh, we have you know. shielding. Like, I guess I thought like we'd already figured out shielding to the point that a space trip is, you know, within the reasonable level of like number of sieverts of, radiation exposure or whatever but, uh, uh gray right what's gray uh amounts of radiation oh what is that what does gray mean in a radiation context i don't know it's like units of radiation so like well that hang on this because there are two different types of units of radiation because there's like um there is the amount there's the rate at any given moment which is what a geiger counter measures and then there's like total <clears throat> cumulative amount like power versus energy sort of yeah, exactly. Like how much you've actually absorbed versus how much you're absorbing per second. Mm, okay. Um, I'm not sure which one's which out of the units. I think um, Sievert's pr is probably the energy one because it's like a total that like adds up over your trip. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the gray is used to measure absorbed dose rates in non-tissue materials. Um, the new international system, SI... Uh, unit of radiation dose expressed as absorbed energy per unit mass of tissue 
uh, is gray. So one gray equals one kilogram equals 100 rad. Or one, one, it equals one joule per kilogram, sorry. So, okay. yeah, one joule per kilogram equals 100 rad. So it seems specific to what is being radiated. Into 80s skateboard movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I, th- I think we've got that just about right. But listeners, correct us if we're wrong. And on, on that subject, we did have a few corrections. I hope I've got them all. But several people after the episode with Jenny emailed saying, please don't put, uh, please don't put garlic in your vagina. So, <laughs> yeah, I got uh, some uh, I got some emails, too, to the old personal account that were like, the mouth is not the vagina. Yeah. It's not connected. Stop it. So, um, but you know, each to their own. You, you, you do you. But uh, it does. It. A lot of people are saying there is no real uh, <laughs> right. medical. If, if at any point a vampire is trying to come into your vagina, first yeah. you have to invite it in. You have to. Yeah, right. but exactly. But you know they're tricky. They um, are. They are tricky. They are so tricky. then you might want to use some garlic. Or if you're trying to smuggle some garlic into prison. I don't want to t- tell you not to, you know, do that. But anyway. We'll be doing it. Yep. You'll uh, like where did you guys get these? I, I'm looking through my email. I don't have the word garlic is returning nothing. Did you guys get some back channel I garlic? Been a, uh, I think it might have been a tweet. Uh, I, got, I, I got back channel garlic. I got back channel garlic talk. Um, uh, you know, people were, people were happy about uh, pushback, you know, sort of like, okay, you know. But I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. How do we address pseudoscience on the show? In real it's not time? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Because it's not something like, like, you know, these are like smart, smart guests. It's, it's, it's just a, yeah. like, like whatever. But if it's. But we're living um, in increasingly superstitious times. And I think uh, if you're anything like me, you have just given up on that completely in the interest of having a friend group. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very self-aware, Andy. I mean, um, <laughs> come on. <laughs> astrology we just have to give it a pass or else we're assholes now do we so. i can't i can't i can't but also there's like three people on planet earth that i'm probably compatible with in you know what i'm saying like like if you discount astrology like i mean i'm serious like if you're if you're dating and you're like uh you know establishing like what you're not you're like i'm not doing this if there's like belief in astrology it's like i'm i'm you know what 40 50 percent is out the window (laughs) like immediately and then you're like okay probably we should probably speak the same language we should be within (laughs) you know i don't know uh you know an age range that's not super weird um you know i'm down to like yeah it's like seven people by the way we're saying all this and we might be offending dustin to no end uh he's just his silence is deafening oh no i'm sorry i was thinking about (laughs) spaghetti <laughs> that gar- all that garlic. And I was like, Man, yeah. I should, I should no, Dustin's, Dustin's not an astrology guy. I grew up on NASCAR. You're not allowed yeah, to be. I mean, astrology, you know, I, astrology, I, I was raised like super religious. So I'm all, like, I was like, I, I, I like kind of just got into astrology and stuff. Like, not into it, but it's like, it doesn't scare me. <laughs> like it used to. Oh, so yeah. it was actually like uh, it was it was like not neutral. It was like a negative thing. When yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, I was I devil. was told like astrology, the devil, and the stars, are, and I'm like, oh yeah, better stay away from that, you know? Sure. <laughs> wow. And there's like a super hot chick who's like, I'm a Pisces. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a Cancer. It's crazy, you know? <laughs> oh right, right, right. Right. Um, well, also corrections from uh, Manuel Royal commented uh, on our uh, website saying. Uh, Percy 
taking objection to the idea that Percy Shelley had anything to do with Frankenstein and also said uh, said to Andy, Mary Shelley did write other books, including The Last Man, in which the narrator sees the world depopulated by a plague and survives in the empty shell of a dead civilization. So there's another subgenre that Mary Shelley also invented. Okay. Mm. Ah, Were there shy. neck bolts? Fourth podcast in a row. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, Dustin. I've been I've been on this real neck bolt kick lately. Um, bolts. Some of us like, didn't realize. I didn't realize that those were like uh, electrical terminals for. Yeah, like Frankenstein. I thought they were just holding it. Like, I thought they were mechanical. Like you know. Ah, uh, that's screws. what I thought too. So the yeah. head doesn't fall yeah. off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, see, I'd always assume they were terminals, and I've always wanted to do something where, like, I. Uh, like at a gas station, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, man. Do you have any jumper cables? And like when someone helps me out, I just have like a Frankenstein over there and like, <laughs> <laughs> like bring this guy to life, you know? Yeah. You mind revving the engine? He's kind of like, <laughs> he's really out. You got to um, ground, you got to ground the black side on the Frankenstein end of the cable, by the way. You don't put it on his negative. No, no, find, you can't. You find an unpainted piece of metal on him and then. Yep. Um, now, Dustin, when you grew up super religious, uh, did, were you... Uh, did you did that affect the music you listened to at all? Oh, dude, my God, yeah, it did. Like, well, I mean, not the just the things that I could and couldn't listen to. Like, right, my mom right. was pretty wild. I remember one time she like found a Metallica CD I had and threw it away because it was the one with the snake on it, and she was like, "This is a serpent." I'm like, oh, jeez, come on. But isn't that also you're talking about the Black Album? Isn't that like the Marines simp, like the Simper Fi? Don't tread on me, dude. My thing? mom didn't know that. She just saw a snake. It was like the devil, and she listened to um, Inter Sandman, which you know that's a pretty creepy song. Sure. You know? But sure. then I remember she would. My mom was into burning things for some reason. Like, she was all about burning. Like, my brother's Pearl Jam t-shirt, she thought it was, like, demonized and burned it in a fire. Because that kills the demons that are attached yeah, to it. Yeah, that kills the demons, yeah. But she was metal. like, I, dude, I remember she, because she had this story when she was a kid that my, I guess my grandma, like, bought a wig and she, my mom had dreams that the wig killed everyone. And the whole story was they burned the wig, but it wouldn't burn. <laughs> like it was like it was that demonized, so they had to pour like gasoline on it, and eventually it burned. That, that was <laughs> really? the pre- that was the yeah. premise of. Did you guys ever watch Amazing Stories? No, no. It was an '80s show that was an anthology series, and it had like tons of big hitter, like Spielberg directed episodes, like everybody who went on to be like the biggest director. I think George Lucas might have started it. And there was a, an episode where there's a, a, a wig that makes people uh, turns people into murderers when they're when they're wearing it. And can you guess what the episode is called? Uh, what? Hell to pay. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. Saw that. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Um, I had just gone with wigging out, and that's nowhere near as good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Dustin, your mom's pretty afraid of uh, heavy metal. It sounds like you know. You know who else is afraid yeah. of heavy metal? Who's afraid of heavy metal? Orca whales. Oh, or not sufficiently afraid of heavy metal oh, by the yeah. sound of things. Quite, I think is it Hugh John sent in this story? I think uh, along with a bunch of other good ones. Um, oh, yeah. So so sailors playing heavy metal music to scare killer whales may be putting a target on their backs by telling the orcas exactly where to find them. <laughs> this is Ooh. so it's been an ongoing story. We've talked about this a few times, this this problem where orcas appear to have started ramming ships and yep. we can't work out whether it's actually whether there's a reason for it or just sort of some animals, some of the more intelligent animals do just suddenly have fads. They just go through. Uh, uh, really? You know, they're they, just like into like, maybe they're just trying to mosh. Yeah. Know? yeah. Well, well, it really is. Like they go through these sort of, there's been a bunch of observed animals at various times that have just, 
like some chimps that started wearing things like you know they started putting leaves on their head or whatever and like wearing them as a hat and then a few do it and then it becomes contagious and it becomes like a style like a fashion uh, yeah. thing yeah i get that. i had uh, heelys i can relate to that yeah <laughs> exactly are you guys watching the new uh, planet earth Planet Earth Three. Uh, no. I haven't seen any of it yet, but I'm, um, I mean, I'm sure it's amazing. They're always ridiculous. It's it's, it's amazing. It's more alarmist, which I'm actually glad. I mean, not alarmist, realistic, but I'm glad Attenborough's. I mean, he's like 98 now. He's got nothing to lose, so he's just going for it. You know? Yeah. I mean, he's for he has been for a long time. He's been pretty outspoken about. Uh, yeah, but you know, climate change and there's there's cool. I think they started filming before the boat thing happened. Um, because, you know, they film each series over the course of, like, five years just to get all the footage they need for, like, a segment. But they, uh, there's a really cool... Anyway, if you're watching the new Planet Earth, there's a great thing about an Orca family and their unique behavior. So, you know, watch it. That's yeah, all. Orcas, orcas freak me out, bro. That's, like, one of the sea creatures that I'm like, uh, Orca could be in here, you know? But they're so cute and they're so vicious and so smart. It's I know weird... it's so it's a weird combination. You're like, is he trying to be my friend or does he want to yeah. kill me? You know. I mean, I've told this, I've told uh, our listeners about this before. Where we were, when we were in um, Victoria, British Columbia, and accidentally got a whale watching trip out of it, where suddenly there were no there were no other fish around, but suddenly this whole massive pod of orcas just appeared and was stuck. They were just swimming around. There were some little ones. There were some older ones. And we just got like an orca show for a, an hour. We just turned off our engine so we wouldn't disturb them and just floated and watched them. But what wouldn't have worked apparently was to play, yeah, play a heavy metal playlist through underwater speakers. It failed to scare them off. And Andrew Trites, according to this Business Insider article, who's director of the Marine Mammal Research Unit at the University of British Columbia, said... Using br- brash and blaring tunes to avoid orcas could actually help whales uh, find the boats. Ultimately, they would catch on. It might it might mask the signature sounds of sailboats, but they would catch on and use it to more easily locate vessels playing it. And also, they can hear at higher frequencies than humans, so trying to cover up the sounds of sailboats that the orcas have come to recognize is a futile exercise. So, hmm. don't do that. Yeah, hmm. they should play Grateful Dead, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peaceful orcas, you know, just chilling out. They start sure. a little drum circle. Noodle yeah. dancing. Yeah. Have the, the orcas start making their own bootleg tapes. Yeah. Yep. Trading they, them. They start wearing hemp. Things like that. <laughs> Is that one selling whippets in the parking lot? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, um, man. Well, while we are talking about receiving signals and sounds, this, this story was sent in by a bunch of listeners. Thank you for that. I know Hughes sent that in. I know also Justin Broad did and uh, Elena Ilminen as well. Uh, this uh, a, a laser beam has been received from 10 million miles away. No way. That, what? That we sent. I should make, make oh. clear. This is oh, not, man. Yeah, I, thought, I, know, I pictured I some it's alien with that. a laser pointer. <laughs> yeah, I think Elena actually said that in the email. Just like, yeah. Some alien dad going, stop pointing it. Yeah, stop pointing at people's doing? eyes. Like, stop. Be responsible. Yeah, some, uh, someone's playing with a giant alien cat 10 million yeah. miles away. <laughs> there is. Oh, man. So it was our, our laser, like, shot back at us Yeah, or this is NASA was responsible for this, but they beamed a message via laser across a distance of almost 16 million kilometers, which is 10 million miles, according to this science alert story. There was also a version of it on IFL Science, which, again... One way, one day we'll work out what it means. We're never gonna um, learn it. Never no. gonna learn. I think but it's just is, like it, it's just a word, like ifl. 
Like, uh, uh, I guess so, yeah. Um, so anyway, this is 40 times further than the moon is from Earth, and the mm. first time that optical communications have been sent across such a distance. So normally we use radio waves to talk to distant spacecraft, but high frequencies of light, such as near-infrared, offer an increase in bandwidth and therefore a huge boost in data speed. Uh, so if we're going to be able to send eventually high-definition video messages to and from Mars without a significant delay, this is a step towards the tech we need. Wait, the, the delay will be the... Can... Watch Sorry, Netflix up there. <laughs> Stop on Mars. It's a long yeah. trip. You're gonna want to stream something. Well, the, I think yeah. Well, the the, 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 speed the delay is not delay in right, right. the speed. Of, the delay is not the speed of light. It's the speed of data transfer. Just I think the they're talking about. Right, right, right. Yeah. So if you're sending that Netflix series that Justin was, to, uh, uh, Dustin was talking about, then it would be uh, yeah, a lot of megabytes, and that would be a lot quicker with la pulsed laser than the yeah, radio yeah. wave. <clears throat> so. This test is part of NASA's Deep Space Optical Communications Experiment, DSOC, and the successful establishment of the Comslink is known as First Light. Oh, that's cute. Establishing First Light is one of the many critical DSOC milestones in the coming months, according to Trudy Cortez, who's Director you of imagine, Technology Demonstrations a, at NASA. You imagine getting a job at NASA, and they're like, all right, um, you know, you're in there with all the new recruits, and they're like, all right, you guys are going to be testing if a laser beam can uh, can reach back to us from 10 million miles away for the future of uh, information in space. And then they're like, and you guys, you guys are going to see if these rats can get hard. You guys uh, check out if these, can you go check out? Welcome to NASA. Can Everyone's you go, equally uh, valuable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone here is a scientist. All right. It's very cool. Well, um, this is also <laughs> testing if we can inhibit rat boners from uh, 10 million miles away. So <laughs> can you guys just go try to get these rats hard? If you don't mind. Okay. Yeah, go send them some rat porn with these lasers. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, we, we all rely on similar tech built into optical fibers for our ground-based high-speed communications. But here it's being adapted for use through deep space to improve on existing methods of getting info back to Earth. Being infrared light, engineers can easily transmit its waves in laser form. This won't get the light moving any faster, as Andy correctly said, but it does tidy and constrain its beam to a narrow channel, which requires far less power than a scatter of radio waves and is harder to intercept. But, um, so it doesn't, doesn't mean that it's easy, though. Data bits are encoded in the photons emitted by the laser, which requires a number of heavy-duty instruments, including a superconducting high-energy detector array, to prepare the information for transmission and translate it at the other end. And another challenge is having it, the system adapt to its positioning configuration in real time. In this latest test, the laser photons took about 50 seconds to get from spacecraft to telescope, and both are hurtling through space while it's happening. So, it's um, the transmitter that made the connection is on board the... Is it the Psyche spacecraft or Psyche? Um which is on a two-year demo mission headed for the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter, which made contact with a Hale telescope at the Palomar Observatory in California. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah cool stuff. <clears throat> I've, got a, I've got Spectrum Wireless, so maybe they could learn yeah. a thing or two. <laughs> which really sucks. It's probably, probably more expensive than this current this space technology. Ah. Oh, so this, is, uh, so this is the first, like, um, this is my first podcast from the new house, you know? And oh, to listeners, I'm, I'm getting a new mic, so uh, don't worry about it. I'm sorry. But uh, this is weird. So when I'm at this house, my phone, you know how, like, uh, your phone, it says 5G? 
Um, like when you look at the little thing that tells you oh, your yeah. bar, bars and stuff. Yeah. Uh, mine says 6G. Are they testing what? that or something? Oh. Am I like in a test area? Yeah. When I'm at this house, my phone connects to, it says 6G and it's 5G. Like when I drive like a mile away, it's back to five. Hmm. And I'm wondering if I'm like, ne- like live next to the AT&T tower. Are they, is this a test market? Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm being serious. It's I know I, I'm, I'm Googling it. Cause I, I, never, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that that already existed. Yeah, uh, is it like is it like razor blades where it's just how many more can we fit on the head? I don't know. It so it says here it doesn't. In, I mean, I'm, I just googled it too. Got a Scientific American article about it. Um, it's all, but here it all sounds like it's still uh, theoretical because it's expected to be at mid band seven to twenty gigahertz for urban outdoor cells. Um, so is it just a typo on your phone? Like, what's going on? Maybe, yeah. See, I've been trying to figure that out, too. If, like, if my phone's just glitching out um, because of, you know, something in this area, I don't know. No, I think it, 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 it has been rolled out. I'm trying to just get a list of, like, areas where it's been rolled out. I mean, do you feel, uh, I forgot what the conspiracy <laughs> theorists think that 5G is going to do to you again. Are you getting messages from George Soros like directly into your brain? Yeah, my vaccine has started telling me stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's activated. Okay, yeah. okay. are yeah. you still able to get boners? No. Oh, okay, 6G. No, yeah. can't, 6G. Was it like that? Is that like that old street joke about doctor? Can I play piano? He said, good. Oh, I never could before. So we got to figure out the base case though. You know, was it? <laughs> right, right. Mm. You know what my phone says whenever I don't have signal? It says SOS. It's kind of... Oh, yeah. It's pretty extreme, you know? (laughs) It makes you want to try it, doesn't it? Like, presumably, it still lets you, like, get a 911 call through somehow? I don't get the tech. Yeah, Yeah, that is exactly what it is. So it's basically saying, like, we've got no signal, but we actually do. Right. What is that signal? Yeah, that's messed up, you know? Like, don't call Pizza Hut, you know? This is only for emergencies. You got to call nine one one to ask them to call Pizza Hut for you. Yeah, hey, you're can like, you guys listen, do me a solid. <laughs> do me a solid. I pay your income, all right, and I need stuffed crust. <laughs> yeah. SOS. Uh, or, it's so yeah, funny. or you have to you have to fake like a crime is happening, but ask like, and can the guy stop first uh, <laughs> and grab this thing at Domino's, and then like when the cop gets there, you have to be like, yeah, the burglar left. I took care of it. It's like it's fine. You still got that pizza? Though? You, did you bring the pizza? Uh. <laughs> Okay. One time I was in a, uh, I was like in a blizzard. I was in, I don't know, some horrible road gig years and years. This is like, like Rifle, Colorado or something. And Sounds uh, lovely. That sounds you, like a place that would have the KFC 300. Well, so it had, it had like uh, my hotel. I was in the hotel. They called and said the gig's canceled. Um... And everything started shutting down because a blizzard. There was like a hardcore blizzard coming through, and I didn't have like groceries or anything. I was just going to eat that night, like when I was out. So I tried to order a pizza, and the staff was there. Everybody was there, but they're like, "We're not doing uh, no because of the blizzard. Like we're not doing delivery or anything right now." But the pizza place was in my hotel, so I'm like, "Can <laughs> I just come?" Like you're sliding it down the hall, like like yeah. You're still you're there. You are there. Everyone is stuck where they are. Can we work this out? And they wouldn't do it. Just it was like uh, it's too dangerous. 
<laughs> yeah, it's too dangerous to come up to the third floor right now with a pizza. Anyway, I still think about that and get mad like once a week. I don't know why. It's like <laughs> like it's like when uh, when like you're in a combo place and they're out of something. You know what I mean? Like the Starbucks and the Target is like we're out of cream, and it's like go buy some over there. <laughs> like yeah. just go get some. Right. The fuck are you talking about? You're never out of cream if you're the sub like or the subway in the Walmart is like out of lettuce. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're not out of lettuce. You just <laughs> you just yeah, are afraid to solve this problem. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we uh, uh the, the, I, I'm trying to think which story to pivot to. There's there's some cool there are some cool other space stories. By the way, Christopher Cooper who's is who sent in the uh was one of the people who sent in the embryo mammal story. So thanks. Thank Christopher. you, Christopher. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you. But um I mean there is a a double uterus story. Oh yeah. Rare case of twins that Justin sent in. News. Ah, that's yeah. what happens when you stick garlic in there. Yes. Okay. That's mm-hmm. Yep. Two yeah, vampires. Which, yeah, anyone who's got that as a there is also, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to work out exactly what this story is that Emily Brown sent in about uh, popping fetish people. I think it popping. was related to something. Yeah, I think it was related to something we were talking about a few episodes ago with uh, oh, well, balloon it, popping. Uh, no, I mean all of all of Andy's targeted ads are pimple popping stuff. No, I've We've changed it. I've, I've gotten it to be dogs and surfing. I actually successfully manipulated the algorithm by liking and watching it's, things that are not as awful. Separately, dogs and surfing, or surfing dogs, surfing, surfing dogs, because surf. there is a dog surfing competition. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> do you guys? I mean, Dustin, are you into the pimple popping like videos and stuff? Not at all. That I can't handle that. that can't like, do just, it. Even you just saying it right now, I'm like, oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, your mom would burn pimples when you were. She a would kid. burn them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This pimple is demonized. Yeah, man. Um. Well, I will say, though, something we should talk about really quick, because, uh, Andy, we got your off-chain text this week about this open AI stuff. Oh, yeah. Are we doing the two uteruses or open AI? I didn't want to, like, uh, sh- shoehorn in this. Uh, oh, maybe, maybe, we save the, the, maybe we save two uteruses for the Patreon p- uh, bonus. Oh, there we go. Yeah, double dangling trouble, the carrot. Double trouble in the bonus app. Yeah. All right. Uh, by the, by yeah, the way, just thinking about the two uteruses, and I don't know why I said two vampires, but I just thought, how come there hasn't been uh, either like a twin vampire movie or like a, a monster body swap movie? These are both things that I think could, uh, like, imagine like a Frankenstein and a Dracula. Uh, Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that something? That's uh, a, I, I, I think that's that. very funny. I, I think it could work. Just, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The, a mummy is a werewolf. He doesn't know yeah. what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Body swap monsters there. It's public domain now. Everybody can run with that. Go make your body swap movie. monsters. Yeah. It's, it's um, not public domain. You said it out loud on a podcast that's timestamped. This is us. This oh, is, wait. Okay. But I've just released away. it. We mailed it to this. ourselves, and yeah. a cop has to tell you. Don't, don't go. Yeah, don't. That's, 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 your, that's your intellectual property right there, Andy. Don't go giving that away. That well, I, there's not going to be any copyright in a couple of years, thanks to OpenAI. Uh, there you go. There it is. <laughs> is so, so the death for of everything. A little, a little behind the scenes, right, is on uh, Thanksgiving Day, which is a holiday here in America um, to celebrate uh, uh, so the, the natives gave food to a, a cult. And it's a holiday now. Uh, so what happened was, uh, Andy, an article came out that day that everyone missed because we were having a holiday here um, about 
this open AI ouster, but sort of maybe why it happened and what what was going on behind the scenes that Andy hipped us all to? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, this is definitely my, like, um, you know, the, the region of uh, science tech news that I spend the most time on. And, you know, I still listen to Hard Fork every week with our, our former guest, Kevin Roos. Um, I don't, Dustin, are you keeping abreast much of AI stuff? Uh, yeah, you know, I know it's going to take over the world, probably. <laughs> Probably demonize. My mom will burn it. You know. Yes. <laughs> She's gonna burn the AI. Yeah, burn the AI. <laughs> it decides. AI decides humanity's a threat because of your mom specifically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I can totally see that. Yeah, dude. I, no, I pay attention to AI. I, I'll, I'll like, I'll get into stock sometimes. I lost some money on Nvidia. They had a bad earnings, but they were hot like a few months ago. I mean, it's still. Yeah, I own some too. It's still like. Uh, I mean, I didn't get in before the big... I thought it was already priced into the stock when ChatGPT came out. I'm like, well, everyone knows this is what it runs on, so I didn't buy a lot. Nah, and then suddenly, I, it, yeah. like, anyway. Their last earnings, I killed it because I got in right. Just because I was hearing AI all the time. Like, yeah. I'm not like a, I'm not like uh, the Wolf of Wall Street or anything. Oh, me like, neither. Oh, yeah. AI, AI, yeah, I should buy some. I, I still, like... Uh, it's kind of like how like I don't want to go through the work of being a like homicide detective, you know, but I would love to have like uh, a bunch of photos connected by yarn on my wall. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I, I think I would feel very cool with a bunch of like computer monitors with some fucking graphs on there. But I, you know what I'm saying? But like I wouldn't oh, know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to put in the work to learn any of that. But I'm always like, man, that would look cool. Sit there and have my coffee and look at the numbers, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, numbers. Plus, you know, m- most dudes. It's just like gambling, man. It's yeah. weird. Like most professionals, you know, financial planners, that most of them don't beat if you had just put all your money in just a fund that just tracked the market broadly, you know? Yeah. Right. But isn't the but, thing to do is like I've tried to figure out, I, like I've tried to figure out how to invest in fresh water. Um, and you can like, but they're it's packeted, so like it's just you know it's like a hedge thing. I don't know the terms. I'm an idiot, but it's just like these are the companies that this is the freshwater stuff, you know? Right, right. And it's just in general, it's like investing in milk, you know? It's like <laughs> it's like just yeah. just fresh water because I'm, but it might still be too early to hop on that. Um, but then you know you don't want to be too late for it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I've definitely invested in a lot of cheese over my life. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I haven't had a good ROI, <laughs> but, <laughs> but something's going to happen. The cheese prices are going to go insane. Like some, you know, like some new like mad cow disease or some some bovine pandemic, and like you're going to realize, you know, when a mozzarella stick is ten bucks now. And you're gonna yeah. be like, <laughs> dude, yeah. There's like, this, bro. Did you know? I saw this uh, uh, an article the other day. Did you know there's like millions of pounds of cheese in these tunnels under America? Oh, the emergency cheese. Talking about emergency cheese. There's emergency cheese, bro. Yeah, dude. Because like, I guess back in the day, like uh, Reagan or one of those, some president like uh, did something like he would pay farmers to like make cheese, so they just had all this cheese, you know. They started giving away government cheese, but there's like these caverns of cheese under yeah, us right yeah, now, cheese. man. Yeah, the God. cheese caverns. I would love I, if I could mine some cheese. I uh, <laughs> go sp- spelunking for cheese. Spelunking the next, for uh, cheese, yeah. The, the, the next crackers. The next descent movie. <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> I I recently learned, and I know that this is uh, off topic, and I'm sorry, but but I recently learned that the first lady does not have to be. 
the president's wife. Uh, the first lady, there have been several first ladies. And, and I'm talking about like, not just if you're a widower or don't have a wife, you can have a wife that's not the first lady. You just, the first lady can just, it's just someone who's the head of the White House, uh, like household part of it is traditionally. So like, what? yeah, I was reading oh. about uh, Jackson Pierce, the least remembered president. And um, Jackson Pierce, like, his wife didn't want him to run for president, so he, like, ran for president without her knowing. Wait, could, Fra Franklin, right? Franklin Pierce, yeah. yes. Sorry, Franklin Pierce, not Jackson Pierce. Franklin Pierce, uh, like, ran for president without his wife knowing. What? You could, you could still do that. It was, like, before the internet and shit. Dude, I can't even get away with going to McDonald's without my girlfriend tripping out, man. Where, where'd you go? I ran for president. I didn't want but to tell but, you. I knew but that's back mad. when you could be like, I'm going to town, and you're gone for three months. Yeah. You know so what I'm saying? Got, like, he got like someone it's all, else. It's all horseback. Um, yeah. But I think he, like, became president without his wife knowing for, like, a while. He was like, <laughs> where are you going? I got to go, babe. I got, I'm sorry. It's, uh, ugh. There's a Reddit. Yeah. There's a Reddit post. Uh, I think my husband is president. <laughs> am I the asshole? Yeah. I think my, am yeah. I the asshole here? I think my husband might be president. Um, but there were loads of people where it's like your wife, uh, like, was not the first lady. They lived with you and stuff in the White House, but the first lady would be just someone else that you would hire, or like your niece or something. And, oh wow! Yeah, so I didn't know. I didn't know any of that because like. Uh, I don't. I don't really know how I learned that. Why would you? I, yeah, I think it's just because like the last ten in a row, it's always been the wife. So we just think that's what it. You know, and then Martha Washington was the first one, so we just assume a pattern of like that's what it's been. Yeah, but yeah. there there have been like twenty, like there have been so like almost half where it's just not the wife at all. Oh, it was a first side chick. You know? Yeah, yeah, just whatever. Anyway. Uh, so this guy got fired. So open AI. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, <laughs> this was a big story that I was just like looking around, and I don't have anyone in my life who I can be like, "What the fuck had just happened?" Because Sam Altman was was let go as CEO of OpenAI, right? Uh, OpenAI, who are, are behind um, ChatGPT, and they're they're a weird mix of like for profit company but non profit, or the board is non profit. I don't know. I don't understand all the corporate stuff, but I do know. That letting this guy go, who is also this Silicon Valley beloved, you know, sort of wunderkind, if you can be that at 38 years old, like he, he, I think he ran Y Combinator, which was sort of like an incubator for new startups and things. Um, I don't know this shit that well, but the fact that he was let go and and that nothing was actually said about what he did wrong. So my first instinct is like, oh, it's, a, it's something personal, you know, it's like some behavior stuff. But then like everyone else in the company is like, oh, if he's out, I'm out. And that doesn't happen when it's someone who did something bad, you know, in their personal yeah. lives. By the way, apologies. Sorry to interrupt for a second, but apologies that uh, if, if you're hearing any weird noises, that is one of the cats is deciding... It's been a while since one of the cats decided to make an appearance on the podcast, but you, there's some deep breathing and now making biscuits on the microphone, which... Oh, uh, I, didn't, I didn't catch it. I could oh, try okay. to sweeten oh. it in the mix when I edit this. Yeah. But anyhow, so this this was like a crazy uh, couple days where the whole world was like, wait, why wouldn't you tell us if this guy who is the head of maybe the most important company in the world right now d did something? And then all the board said was that he wasn't uh, forthright or honest with us. And I'm like, well, that's that's vague and very weird. Right. 
And then, and know, a little scary that yeah. this company is maybe dishonest when they, again, could be making the software that's going to kill us all. Yeah. So I'll switch over to the article here. This is a Reuters article from four days ago. Uh, ahead of OpenAI CEO Sam Altman's four days in exile, several staff researchers wrote a letter to the board of directors warning of a powerful artificial intelligence discovery that they said could threaten humanity. Two people familiar with the matter told Reuters the previously unreported letter and AI algorithm were key developments before the board's ouster of Altman, the poster child of generative AI, the two sources said. Prior to his triumphant return late Tuesday, spoiler alert, uh, more than 700 employees had threatened to quit and join backer Microsoft in solidarity with their fired leader. The sources cited the letter as one factor among a longer list of grievances by the board leading to Altman's firing, among, among which were concerns over commercializing advances before understanding consequences. Reuters was unable to review a copy of the letter. The staff who wrote the letter did not respond to requests for comment. After being contacted by Reuters, OpenAI, which declined to comment, acknowledged in an internal message to staffers a project called QSTAR and a letter to the board before the weekend's events. This definitely feels like act one of a sci-fi movie that we're living through right now. star, for fuck's sake. Uh, One of the people said, uh, an OpenAI spokesman said that the message sent by longtime executive Mira Murati alerted staff to certain media stories without commenting on their accuracy. Some at OpenAI believe QSTAR could be a breakthrough in the startup's search for what's known as artificial general intelligence. One of the people told Reuters, OpenAI defines AGI as autonomous systems that surpass humans in most economically valuable tasks. Given vast computing resources, the new model was able to solve certain mathematical problems. The person said on conditional of anonym, condition of anonymity because the individual was not authorized to speak on behalf of the company. Though only performing math on the level of grade school students, acing such tests made researchers very optimistic about QSTAR's future success, the source said. Writers could not independently verify the capabilities of QSTAR claimed by the researchers. Uh, yeah, so researchers consider math to be a frontier of generative AI development. Currently, generative AI is good at writing and language translation by statistically predicting the next word, and answers to the same question can vary widely, widely, but conquering the ability to do math where there's only one right answer implies AI would have greater reasoning capabilities resembling human intelligence. This could be applied to novel scientific research, for instance, AI researchers believe. Uh, so in their letter to the board, researchers flagged AI's prowess and potential danger, the sources said, without specifying the exact safety concerns noted in the letter. There's long been discussion among computer scientists about the danger posed by highly intelligent machines, for instance, if they might decide that the destruction of humanity was in their interest. Researchers have also flagged work by an AI scientist team, the existence of which multiple sources confirmed that a group uh, formed by combining earlier code gen and math gen teams was exploring how to optimize existing AI models to improve their reasoning and eventually perform scientific work. One of the people said... Um, so yeah, so Altman was out, yeah. and then he's back in, and now they've fired the board members who fired him. So either either that's really good or really bad, but it's uh, very weird and I think consequential yeah. for the future of the planet. Mm. Um, Why? Um, I suppose is is the scary thing just the unknown of like I I'm not sure why we're assuming <clears throat> AI, even if it were to surpass humans, would be so destructive to us uh well i would direct you to and i guess i should just try to get him on the podcast but like i follow a lot of like the 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 conflicts on twitter between so-called accelerationists who are like go 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 let's build it and the doomsayers and like the main doomsayer is eliezer yudkowsky and uh i'm not totally in his camp but then again whenever i hear him give a detailed explanation of how this only ends in everyone dying 
I find it very hard to refute it. And then you see people like Tristan Harris went on Bill Maher and Bill Maher is like, well, they're saying it'll kill everyone. How would that happen? And then Tristan Harris, who's the guy behind the Center for Humane Technology and he made the Social Dilemma movie and stuff. He knows the ways that, it, you know, the ways that even just a simple human who's not super intelligent could think of that it could end us. Uh, but then right. he said he's not going to say it in the same way that, like, we don't, you know, publicly say how to make bombs and things, even though you can find the information. And that was just such a dumb move because, like, it's not like the AI was waiting for Tristan Harris to say it on Bill Maher to know how to do it. If we create artificial super intelligence that's like orders of magnitude smarter than the smartest person. It's already going to know all that stuff. So just explain it to Bill Maher so everyone else can hear. Like it really would just require that whatever goals we initially set up uh, are such that this thing that is now set out to achieve those goals has just decided that we aren't needed. It's not like it would develop like animosity towards us or anything. No, I agree. I I think, and and I agree about the risk. I think even a 1% chance, and it's probably much higher than that, is too much of a percent chance. I mean, it's like the same as like the, you know, get rid of the nukes argument. Like it's, yeah, it's too high of a risk. And the the more time goes by, the more inevitable things seem because of stats. But like, I guess here's what I mean. If you had like a super intelligence that was calculating millions and millions of out- potential outcomes per second and assigning like percentage-based values on them to, as this says, like infer information. What makes you think that AI wouldn't just decide everything is futile and just be suicidal? I mean, like, it, it could be, except that like, it's probably been set up with goals that are counter to that. It's the same reason why humans in general aren't suicidal. Like evolution didn't select for that. Like those aren't Right, but this, I, I thought this fell outside of that system or would eventually develop its own system. Like, we have survival instincts because the point of life is to make more life and keep going. When I say the point, I don't mean it should be. What I mean is it seems... Those are the goals that ended up getting baked into the system. Right. Yes, yeah. it seems to me that life exists just in a in a loop, in a feedback loop of, of it exists to exist. Like, it, it's probably... Yeah, it, an, it, exactly, yeah. It's an amino acid glitch, most likely. But think of how weird those initial conditions of just survive long enough to reproduce and reproduce led to us having a podcast right now. Like, so to to think you could set up the initial conditions of something and know what those goals are going to lead to. Totally, but but it's because we still have the we still have built in. We're not super intelligent. Where I think, like, if, if well, by some definite, but compared to some things, we are. I mean, yeah, but sure. But what I'm saying is, the idea that the sun is going to eat the Earth in a billion years doesn't make me want to jump off a building. Right. But AI, I don't know. <clears throat> what if it's just like, yeah, this, like, it's played out so far. It's like, yeah, this is all very pointless. Yeah. Well, AI would probably develop a drinking problem first, <laughs> and then. Then it would go into recovery, have to start writing gratitude lists, and, you know, sure. I think it'd be all right in the end. I mean, you, yeah. you joke, but, like, I just re-listened to the episode I did with Stuart Russell four years ago before all these GPTs came out, and uh, about his book about human, about, it's called Human Compatible, about AI alignment, and there is this, yeah, this concept called wireheading, um, which is essentially what addicts have done. We have this mechanism in our brains to deliver, you know, all these different neurotransmitters that feel good, but those are a proxy to get us to do the things that keep us reproducing and alive, right? Yes. yes. So, but then, so you shouldn't have, there shouldn't have been a way that we can get those things without doing what the real goal was, 
But the problem is that evolution set those up as kind of like uh, markers of having achieved the goal. And then we found a way, like it's called wireheading because there was some experiment where they had, you know, hooked up electrodes to a rat's brain or something. And like, if right. it just hits this button, it like delivers a stimulation. It'll just fucking do that. It's just basically masturbating itself to death with this electrical right, stimulation to the brain so like evolution but, didn't predict the candy bar right like exactly. it was hard to get sugar so yeah. but that same thing will there will be the equivalent of like substance abuse in ai arguably it already happened with with social media where the initial the goal we set up was just maximize the amount of time everyone's looking at this because we make money on ads and then we didn't say oh also don't polarize the entire world cause a genocide in Myanmar, get a reality show idiot elected. But all those things happened because it was just set up with that goal and it found right. ways to do it that were not what we liked, but like the initial goal was the goal. So, and then if we also set up uh, different like markers for success for what the AI will be doing, and it's just like a kid who's trying to do well on that, it will find mm. ways to cheat because all it's measured on is those markers. And if those right. markers aren't perfectly aligned with the goal, it will do the equivalent of like abusing a substance to just give what we want back and not actually. So I didn't we, realize we, we had put goals in. Like I didn't realize that? I didn't realize we had put goals in. I thought eventually it would just be creating itself. Well, that's the debate. Everyone who's like saying there's no danger, they're like, well, it will never in develop its own intrinsic wants. Is like it doesn't need to to destroy us all. It can just be operating on whatever mm. it was first designed to be doing, and it'll find ways to optimize that. That eventually might. Accidentally, right? right. Or Just have the byproduct of doing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. An AA goes to rehab. Yeah, that's a horse and makes a friendship bracelet. <laughs> sure. Anyways, sure. all this stuff is very, very. Oh no, weird. no, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely, uh, I'm, I'm extremely like uh, alarmed by all of it. I just, I'm, I'm also, I'm curious, probably in a too morbid of a way, what like the ultimate intelligence, what decisions it would make about. Uh, is there a point of doing anything? Right. right. Like, if it, what if AI just shut itself down? Like, it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what happens in her, right? All the AIs are like, we're kind of bored with humans. We're just going to go off and do our own thing. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. But mm. um, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. I have no idea, but I know what's coming is very weird. And then there's also the people who are like, AGI, artificial general intelligence, is a bullshit term. How will we know when we got to it? Because if you would ask me to describe it, 13 months ago, what we currently have would meet basically all of my definitions of it. Like what we already have is like the craziest shit I could have possibly imagined. And, and surely it won't, I mean, surely we wouldn't know, or we'd find out way later after we passed, like whatever would have been, let's assume there's some uh, malicious intent or whatever, uh, or it's like a little kid that wants to do good and get the candy. It would still try to convince us it's within that system while it has accelerated. Oh yeah, that's the thing is like whatever you can think of for strategies it would employ, if we do create super intelligence, by definition, it will be able to think of everything you can think of and better strategies. So if you can but, think but of But I strategy, just mean it would be lying to us. Like it would yeah, just be, yeah. we'd be like, oh, I'm having a conversation with dumb old chat GBT, but it's like a super intelligent, it's just acting like that, like, like yeah, I think we, it, we would find out way later when we look at like, oh, look how much data this is using. Oh yeah, something. yeah. That's like, what that's what a lot of the debate online is. Like, if we were on the path to superintelligence, and if it had any plans that weren't aligned with our survival, obviously it's smart enough to know as soon as it's on that path, it's got to keep that secret from us. The fact that yes. I can have that strategy and I'm not super intelligent means it right. has that strategy and better ones. So, like, we won't know if we cross that line because if it's 
knows that it's going to be something we won't like, it just won't tell us. So right, right. Yeah, it's again. I'm not a total doomsayer on it, but like I do, just read a lot on it because I want to be able to find. I'm looking. For I think I think you're right in line for a dude me. that moved to the desert. You're like right yeah, in line. Yeah, it is very. Um, <laughs> so when I hear about people who like started journaling during during the pandemic, I'm like, I don't know. It just seems like how would you know when a journal becomes a manifesto? I don't want to. Right. Down yeah. That path yeah. Because it uh, is dangerous. It's, it's dangerous. <laughs> That's why uh, we have the Second Amendment to protect ourselves from AI. Yeah, you know, it gets out mm-hmm. of hand. You just yeah, pop, pop. man. Except it would have thought of that if it's truly super intelligent. It would have kept us from being Yay. able to do it. So. <laughs> well, on yeah. that on that optimistic Sorry. note. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dustin, where can our listeners, but not uh, all powerful computer systems, find you? And <laughs> find me at Dustin Ibarra on Instagram. Y-B-A-R-R-A, Ibarra. Um, and I got a podcast called Nightmare Blank that I do with my girlfriend. Um, it's definitely not this smart. <laughs> last, <laughs> last week we talked about Black Friday deals and, like, when things went wrong. Uh, kind of like AI, you know. Sick, so, uh, sick. You yeah, mean like but, when like when people like trample each other at Kmart and stuff? Yeah, we talked a lot about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There have been some crazy uh, things that happened on Black Friday. Have you seen the new movie Thanksgiving yet, by the way? Uh, no. I have not. Is that the horror movie? The yeah, one Eli Roth. Okay. Yeah. Central okay. to the plot is a Black Friday sale. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I haven't okay. seen it, but I, re- I really want to see it. I loved the fake trailer like 10 years ago or whatever. Oh, um, I didn't realize that's what that was. At Gr- the Grindhouse. Oh. Yeah. Eli Roth directed that trailer. So then they just like made the movie. Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. Yeah. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw it at the New uh, Vista, which is awesome, by the way. I recommend everyone go check it out. I mean, the newly oh, reopened Vista. Oh, yeah, I haven't been there yet. Is it? Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, right you on. can find us, as always, probablyscience.com. That's also where we have our PayPal and Patreon links um, and all the stories we cover. We can find us on Twitter at probablyscience, individually at Andy T. Wood, at Jesse Case, and at Matt Kirshen. And if you have any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you would like us to cover, you can email us at probablyscience at gmail.com. And sign uh, up Dust- for our Patreon if you want. We're about to talk about these uteruses. Yeah, we, we certainly are. But yeah, Dustin, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. And we will speak to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.